Uh, we begin uh, this series, uh, actually, when we begin uh, teaching Bible study on Wednesday nights, when I, when I start, sort of uh, begin to do that here, we, uh, God gave us a scripture in Isaiah 41, and as we end this series, I want to refer back to it because it is sort of like a foundational text in the things that God is, want, is wanting to instill in his people in this season. So I want to refer to Isaiah 41, verse 10 through 15. And we found out that this is the will of God for us. He says here in verse 10, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be, thou, be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will help you. I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Behold, all they that were incensed against thee shall be ashamed and confounded. They shall be as nothing. And they that strive with thee shall perish. Thou shalt seek them and find them not, even them that contended with thee. They that war against thee shall be as nothing and as a thing of naught. For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help you. Fear not, thou worm Jacob, and you men of Israel, I will help you, saith the Lord and thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. And we conclude here in verse 15. Behold, I will make you a new sharp threshing instrument, having teeth. Thou shalt thresh the mountains and beat them small, and thou shalt make the hills as shaft. And that is what God began to speak to, to us uh, in the beginning of these teachings, that he wanted to transform us into a mighty weapon in his hand. Amen. And this is our, the will of God for us in this season. He's building us up, but he's building us up by way of his word. And he's laying in us a foundation so that we can go forward and do the things that God has called us to do in this season in our generation. These are not small things. These are great things that God has in store for us. But what he's doing is he's renewing our minds concerning who we are in Christ. And the faith that he's instilling in us, as the teaching says, is a radical faith, an extreme faith. It's not a normal or natural faith. It is the faith of God instilled in his people so that we can connect with him and do those things that he has called us to do in the strength and might of of the Holy Spirit, with our eyes focused on Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. Can I get an amen? amen? So this is where we're going, and this is what God is doing for us in this season. And I really believe this teaching on radical faith is a, a, a something that is really foundational in our understanding and in our apprehension of these things that God has for us. God is serious about these things. Now, 
I want to start tonight in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We touched on this last week. We kind of uh, ended here. And I want to begin here tonight, 1 Corinthians, I'm sorry, chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. Paul says, For what man knoweth the things of man... Save the spirit of man, which is in him. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Somebody say the spirit of God. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us. And we said last week, that the spirit of the world can only reveal to man what is available to fallen Adam. What do you mean by that? I mean the spirit of the world can only reveal to us the things that are available to the natural man. It's limited. The spirit of the world will only give us a limited uh, understanding of our place as human beings, that, and, and that is in the natural realm. And that's where most people, even Christians, spend their whole existence in dealing and living in the natural realm. But the Bible says that we have not been given the spirit of the world, but the spirit of God reveals to us, those who have been born again, the unsearchable riches of the unlimited Christ. That's where we are. God has des desired you and I to experience, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit of God who reveals to us the unsearchable riches, the unlimited riches of Christ. And I, and I touched on that last week, but now I want to go to the scripture that talks about that. Uh, Ephesians chapter 3. Let's go there. So God has... God wants us to give, wants us to receive the things that he has freely given to us. But we found out that those things that have been freely given to us, we can only apprehend them by faith. We have to believe in them. We have to believe what God says about us. And it, it unhinders God in terms of us receiving those things that he wants us to experience. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 2. And Paul, Paul, I love the way Paul, this is, this is, this is great, great uh, literature right here, the way Paul writes this. Because he's speaking to us, obviously, in the Spirit. The Holy, the Holy Ghost gave him these words, and he is deep in the Spirit as he writes this. He says here, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you would. So Paul says, everything that I have received from God is by grace. I did not earn it. It was given to me by grace. And I want you to understand something. As you walk with God in your Christian experience, that's the only way you'll ever receive anything from God. It'll be by grace. His unmerited favor in your life and in my life. Now, when we understand that, we position ourselves for these unsearchable riches that we're talking about. 
because we don't disqualify ourselves because we're not living in the natural realm anymore. We are those who have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness, and we know it, into the kingdom of his dear son. We actually believe that. We actually are those who believe what the Bible says, that we are truly new creatures in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away truly, and all things have become new to us. We have now access to things that we did not have access to before. And we are those who are going to walk and receive those things freely given to us in Christ Jesus. But it's all by grace. It's not because I'm a good guy. Not because I'm all that. It's because God is good. Amen? So he says here in verse 3, how that by revelation, again, he says it's by revelation, something that's revealed to him by God, by the Spirit of God, he made known to me the mystery as I wrote a four in few words. So Paul says this was, this was a revelation. God revealed it to him. And, you know, Paul walked in some things during his earth walk that even some of the other apostles didn't walk in. He had a deeper relationship with, with God through Christ, I think, even than some of the other apostles. Because he lived in the spirit realm in terms of his uh, relationship with God. He didn't walk with Jesus when Jesus was on the earth, like Peter and John and some of those guys did. Not, not discounting what they did and what they experienced, but Paul, his relationship with Christ is something like we have a relationship with Christ. I've never seen Jesus in the flesh, but yet God says that I can still have a vibrant, powerful relationship with him, just like Paul did if I can walk in and understand this revelation that Paul is talking about, you can also too. This is our portion. If we can get this revelation and the mystery of the gospel can be unveiled to us as we listen to the Holy Spirit. So he says, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery has I wrote afore in few words. Whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. So God wants us to understand the same things that Paul understood. Because God wants us to experience him the same way that Paul experienced him. Amen. The signs and wonders that Paul experienced in his earth walk, God said that has been made available to us if we can tap into the mystery of the gospel, just like Paul did. I always remember this about God. He is not a respecter of persons. He is a respecter of faith. If I can believe, like, like we said last week, all things are possible to him who believes. Amen. So Paul says, again, verse 4, verse 3 again, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote up for in few words, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men. So in other ages, these things were not available for, man, for mankind. These revelations that Paul experienced and knew. 
and that we know today. King David, Moses, Zechariah, all of these Old Testament uh, prophets, they did not have the knowledge that we have available to us in terms of revelation, in terms of a connection with God. So Paul says, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men. But it is now revealed. Somebody say now. See, we got to start living in the now of these things. We got to believe that these things are available to us right now in our generation. And God is more than willing to dispense to us all the grace and power to tap into these things which in other ages was, my, my, was not made known unto the sons of men, but is now revealed unto his holy apostles and the prophets by the Spirit. Well, why did God reveal it to the holy apostles and prophets? So that they could reveal it to us. Verse 6, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body, and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. So, again, when Paul was writing this, a lot of people just thought that these revelations were just for the Jews. But he says here that the Gentiles, that's you and I, those who are not naturally born Jews, who have been grafted into this covenant, that we could experience the same Holy Ghost relationship with God that they did. He says here in verse 7, Whereof I was made a minister according to the gifts of the grace of God, which is given unto me but by the effectual working of his power. Hallelujah. Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given that I might preach among the Gentiles, that's you and I, the unsearchable riches of Christ, the unlimited riches of Christ. He says that's what he preached. That's, that's what he wanted people to understand, that God was not holding anything back, that he was making available to any man or any woman who would release their faith for the unsearchable riches, the unlimited power of Almighty God. Amen. So, so I can believe, and I, if, I, if I will believe that God will work through me mightily, He will. I don't care about what's happened in my past. If I can get a revelation of who I am in Christ and what has been made available to me, I can overcome any giant. I can speak to any mountain. I can do everything that God says I can do in Christ. Again, the unsearchable riches of Christ. That means the unlimited riches of Christ. Verse 9. To make all men see. I like that. All men see. What is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world had been hid in God. So nobody knew 
about these things up until this time. Like I said, David didn't know about these things. King Solomon, in all of his wisdom, he didn't know about these things. The Bible says that it had been hid in God until this time. So, what is that, what is that saying? That's saying that God expects us to receive these revelations, and once we receive these revelations, to walk in them in terms of his power, in terms of the anointing, in terms of the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God in our lives. He wants us to understand that when we quote the word of God, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, that's real. And he wants us to believe it. I'm going to read verse 9 again because I want you to get the impact of this. To make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. So he wants everybody to experience that, to experience that which from the beginning of the world had been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent, this is, this is what God intends, to the intent that now, right now, in our generation, until the principalities and powers in the heavenly places might be made known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. So what, what, what is Paul saying? He says the, the, uh, the whole intent that God has given to us this revelation is that the church might minister to the principalities and powers God's manifold wisdom. In other words, God wants to work through the church to reveal to Satan and the powers of darkness how badly they were defeated on Calvary. Yeah. He wants us to demonstrate to the angels, hallelujah, the victory and the power of Christ and our place in him, in our generation. He wants us to demonstrate, he wants us to minister to them. Hallelujah. The manifold wisdom of God. You know, the angels, when they look at us, they know we've been redeemed, but it, it literally blows their mind that God could take a fallen man and turn him into a son of God. Amen? It literally blows their mind that God could redeem us to such a degree that we would be called sons of God and that we would literally be seated at the right hand of God in Christ Jesus. Because they know, they know how, how, how much, when, we, when Adam fell, they know how much he fell. They know the, how, how uh, he was defeated. They understand that. But they also, are, their minds are blown when they recognize the resurrection power that brought us back into fellowship with God. So that's the whole intent of that. That it might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God, according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So, that is walking in the Spirit. That is walking above the natural realm through divine revelation of who we are in Christ. Now, let's go back to 1 Corinthians Chapter 2, like I said, this is the, uh, the end of this series, so I'm going to kind of 
I don't know how far we're going to get tonight, but that's going to be the end of it. But it says here, chapter 2, verse 14, everything that I just talked about, it takes the Holy Spirit to really and truly cause you to understand and cause me to understand it. Because the Bible says, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. So when, when we get, begin to talk about signs, wonders, and miracles, and how God can work through the church to this degree, the natural man don't understand none of that. He doesn't understand that when Jesus said, the works that I do shall you do also, and greater works shall you do, because I'm, 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 I'm seated with the Father right now, the natural man looks at that and says, that, I, heard, I, I read that in the Bible, but that to me is foolishness. How can that be? I know me, and I know my weaknesses. But the reason he's looking at it from that perspective is because he's only looking at himself from the natural realm, from the natural perspective. So what's the, what is the natural man's response most of the time to teaching like this? Let's go to uh, Acts chapter 26. The natural man, his response is usually along these lines. Well, I'll just read it. And as he thus spake for himself, Festus said with a loud voice, because Paul got the revelations that we're talking about tonight, Paul, thou art beside thyself. Much learning has made you mad. <laughs> when, when you get to talking like this, when you get to studying like this, when you get to uh, proclaiming what God says about you, most people are going to call you crazy. I'm going to go even further than that. Most Christians are going to call you crazy. Because they don't understand what we're talking about tonight. They don't understand that we have been raised up and made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ. To, that, to the natural man, that makes no sense. But to the spiritual man, that's beautiful. Because <laughs> he understands the victory of the cross. And he understands what Paul meant when Paul talked about the power of his resurrection. That that resurrection life that resurrection power of Christ is real and it lives within us. And we can tap into it by faith. The rivers of living water that Jesus talked about, that is, has been made available to us on a moment-by-moment -moment basis, if we'll only drink, if we'll only believe it, if we'll only understand that we are giant killers. Hallelujah. That we are everything that God has said we are in Christ Jesus. But again, when you begin to talk to uh, carnal Christians and unbelievers, they'll, they'll call you crazy. But you can't let that, that uh, bother you. You've got to say, well, you know what? If God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Amen. Amen. So when I'm in a hard place, I must believe these things. When, when, when the walls are caving in around me, I must believe these things. And we've talked about uh, during, this te during these teachings the necessity of speaking the word of God out of our mouth. 
And I think we, we, we did a whole, series, a whole teaching one night talking about the, the Word of God being the sword of the Spirit and a powerful weapon that the child of God needs to use. He says, we're new sharp threshing instruments with teeth. But the only way that we can really manifest that is if we know the word, believe the word, and dare to speak the word over our circumstances. Amen. And are not detoured by what we see in the natural realm. We walk by faith and not by... I say we walk by faith and not by... See, we're not dominated by the natural realm. We are those who live above that. Again, when you talk like that, most believers, uh, they, they, uh, they don't believe that. They just think that, well, you know, we're just natural people. And, you, and if you listen to people long enough, you can locate their faith. Because they're always going to begin to talk in the natural realm. Talk about what the devil is doing, what the devil has done. They fail to talk about what Jesus has done. Amen. So, I believe when a person understands God-given authority, he is walking in the highest level of faith. I'm going to say that again. I believe when a person understands God-given authority, he is walking in the highest level of faith. And, and the only way that we're going to understand uh, God-given authority is if we get our minds renewed. So where, I'm about, where we're about to go right now is, and you have to believe this, is the perfect will of God for you in your generation. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1. And God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And he blessed them. That word blessed means empowered to prosper. He blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. That is the highest, if you can believe that, that is the highest level of faith. And I wrote this down. That is sonship faith. That is dominion authority, and it is the perfect will of God for the born-again believer. Amen. Amen. Now again, my mind has to be renewed to this kind of thinking. That this is, what, this is where God wants me. This is how God wants me to live in the earth. Somebody said, well, that's, that's just not possible. 
We, well, the scripture we read last week, and we, st- we talked about it a lot. All, Jesus said, all things are possible to him who believes. E- either we believe that or not. He says, all things are possible to him who believes. Now, if I believe that that's the perfect will of God for me, then I can begin to tap into some of that in my generation. And again, like I say, when you talk like this, most believers look at you like, well, I don't know about that. But we see it in the, in the Word. We see it in the Word. Now, let's go to Luke chapter 7, and we're going to see uh, what Jesus thinks about that kind of, uh, that kind of faith. That kind of understanding. Because what all this is is an understanding. We get, a, we get the revelation, what Paul talked about, the mystery of Christ, the, un, the, the unsearchable riches of Christ. We get that revelation, and then we begin to act on it. And let's see what our Lord and Savior thinks about this. Luke chapter 7, verse 1. Now, when he had ended all his sayings in the audience of the people, talking about Jesus, he entered into Capernaum. And a certain centurion servant who was dear unto him was sick and ready to die. And when he heard of Jesus, he sent unto him the elders of the Jews, beseeching him that he would come and heal his servant. And when he came to Jesus, and when they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly, and this is what they said, that he was worthy for whom you should do this, for he loveth our nation, and he had built us a synagogue. Now, this centurion, we see here, had a sick servant. The Bible says he was ready to die. And uh, he needed something from God. The Jews, he had evidently had developed a relationship with the Jews. Because the Bible says the Jews, when they came to Jesus, they said he's worthy that you should do this for him. Because he loves our nation and he had built us a synagogue. I believe something about this centurion. I wrote this down. I believe the centurion had studied the Jews' religion in order for him to want to invest that kind of money in it. He built them a, he, out of his own pocket, he went and built them a synagogue. And I believe that he understood some things about covenant relationship. Because when he came to, G, when he came to the Jews, he had an understanding that he was a person who could experience covenant blessings through Christ Jesus. And he, I believe he had studied the Word of God in Genesis chapter 12 when God told Abraham, I'll bless those who bless you and I'll curse those who curse you. So he, he had, I believe, had an understanding of that, which was vital in him tapping into the power of God, which was vital into him experiencing this deliverance that he needed for his servant. 
And I want you to understand something else about that. What the centurion was believing was a document that was over 2,000 years old. He still believed that that document, that the Word of God, that, that Moses wrote, was powerful enough to, ma- to manifest power for him and his servant in, that, in his generation. You know, the Word of God has been around a long time. Jesus Christ walked the earth 2,000 years ago. And the power of his word is just as powerful now as it was then. The centurion understood that. He understood that it was the word of God and he could experience the blessing of it. All he had to do was to believe. So it says here in verse 6, let's go to verse 6. Then Jesus went with them after he heard their explanation that this, this uh, Gentile centurion was worthy of the blessing because of the covenant that the, that, that, G, that the Jews had with Jesus. Then Jesus went with them, and when he was not now far from the house, the centurion sent friends unto him, saying unto him, Lord, trouble not thyself, for I am not worthy that thou shouldest enter under my roof. Wherefore, neither thought I myself worthy to come to you, but say in a word, and my servant shall be healed. For I also am a man set under authority, having under me soldiers, and I say to one, go, and he goeth, and to another, come, and he cometh, and to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned about and said to the people that followed him, I say unto you, I have not found so great a faith, no, not in all of Israel. Jesus was impressed with this man's understanding of delegated authority. He says, I have never seen anyone in the whole nation of Israel. Now, we've got to understand something. Who's talking here? This is the God, the deity, the, the, the everlasting Son of God, who talked to Moses. <laughs> Amen. This is, God, this is the God that was in the Garden of Eden. This is the God that dealt with King David. This is the God that dealt with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He has experienced the faith of man before. And he's seen some, some people demonstrate great faith. But he says, I have not seen this kind of faith in the whole nation of Israel. In all of Israel's existence, I've never seen anybody have a revelation like this guy has. And the, and the revelation that this man has is a revelation of delegated authority. He understood that when Jesus spoke to things, things obeyed him. And he understood that this kind of authority has been made available to a man. And to Jesus, he marveled at that because he had never seen anybody who had, who had connected the dots, 
who understood the perfect will of God, who understood that Genesis 1 and 26 through 28 is man's portion, who understood that we were created in Christ Jesus to dominate the earth, to take dominion in the earth, and to glorify God in doing so. Great faith is connected with faith in God's will for man to dominate the earth. I truly believe that. When You're at your highest level of faith when you're speaking to the mountain and believing that that mountain has no choice but to obey you. When you speak to the disease and you have no doubt in your heart that that disease has to go. That is the type of faith that God's talking about. That is the type of faith that connects us with God in the highest level. And it thrills, I believe it thrills the heart of God when he sees his children operate in this dimension. Hallelujah. But I have to believe it. I have to really and truly believe that God created me to operate in this dimension in, this gen- in, in, in my generation. That Jesus Christ was truly our example. And the, that the things that he did when he walked the earth, because he was connected totally with God, those things are possible with us also. Because the Bible says that we are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. In other words, there's nothing else that needs to be done for us spiritually so that we can connect with God in this measure. God has done everything for us so that we can tap into this kind of power in our generation. I'm going to close in Mark chapter 11. Let's go there. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. The Bible says on on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. Talk about Jesus. And seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came if happily... He might find anything thereon, and when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. So Jesus walked up to the fig tree. The fig tree didn't have any figs on it. He was looking for figs, but he didn't have any figs on it. And the Bible says, Jesus answered and said unto it. So he begins to speak to the earth. The fig tree is part of the earth. He begins to speak to it. Now, like I say, if you begin to speak to things, most Christians will say you're crazy. If you begin to speak to that disease on your body, most believers will say, what is he doing? But what you're doing is simply doing what God instructed us to do in the book of Genesis. Jesus answered it and said unto it, No man eat fruit of you hereafter forever. So he spoke what he wanted for that fig tree. 
Let's look at verse 20. And when evening was come, he went out of the city. Now, in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. So the next day, they saw the manifestation of the words that Jesus had spoken to that fig tree. And Peter calling to remember and said unto him, Master, behold, a fig tree which thou cursed is withered away. So Peter is like befuddled. He doesn't understand how he, he hadn't connected the dots yet. He says, you spoke to it, but nothing, ha- nothing changed immediately. But the next day, when, you, when we came to this fig tree, it's been dried up now from the roots. Now Jesus does not leave him in the dark. He begins to give him an explanation of what happened. And what he's trying to do for us tonight is to give us an explanation on how this kind of faith works and how it will work for you and I, if we'll believe it. Jesus answered and said unto him, Have faith in God. Have an understanding of the perfect will of God for mankind. Have an understanding of what God's will for mankind is in the earth. Get a real revelation of Genesis 1 and 26. So he says, have faith in God, or or have literally the God kind of faith. For verily, this is not this, listen who's talking here. This is the head of the church talking. This is not some elected official. This is the head of the church talk. Jesus Christ himself, he says, For verily or truly I say to you tonight, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he said. How powerful is that? We're we're talking about our mountains instead of speaking to the mountains. We're telling everybody about the mountains in our life. And God is saying, use the faith that I've given you and speak to that thing. Command it because I've commanded you. This is our portion, people. He has not left us defenseless. He's given us to us all these things in Christ. All that needs to happen, I really believe this, all that needs to happen is us to believe these things and begin to act on these things. To renew our mind, to renew our thinking, to lose the mind of Adam and develop the mind of Christ. Did I say it was easy? No, I didn't say it was easy, but it's possible. I believe it's possible. I believe we can, we, can, we can live in the secret place. I believe we can. King David said, One thing have I desired, and that will I seek after, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. The man was on fire for God. All he wanted was intimacy with God. And when you get intimacy with God to that degree, the eternal life that is in you becomes made manifest. It becomes, the, becomes powerful and begins to be released in the measure that God wants it to be released. You got everything. I got everything that I'll ever need 
living on the inside of me right now. Because I got the mighty Holy Spirit living on the inside. God says, stop talking about your problems. Begin to speak to it. The devil, see, the devil wants us to uh, live in doubt, in uncertainty, he, in fear. He wants us to look at our circumstances and be intimidated by them. God says the circumstances that you have today, what they are simply, they're bread for you. They're bread for you. You need to eat them, devour them, and spit them out in the name of Jesus, and then begin to speak to the mountains and to the, and to the difficulties. And don't be intimidated by what you see. And understand that there's another realm that's greater than the realm that we live in. And that's our portion. If we'll just really believe and tap into it. Jesus said, speak to the mountain. But, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he said. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them. And you shall have, that's the head of the church talking. But he doesn't stop there. <laughs> he goes on in verse 25, but I believe this is very much key. And when you stand praying, forgive. <laughs> you know, I really believe that offense and unforgiveness, that's a, holding a lot of believers back. I really believe that. I, I, I see a lot of times people, and, and not just, I'm not putting anybody down, but I see people a lot of times who really can't tap into some certain things in terms of de- deliverance. And I ask myself the question, because I kind of listen to them, are you holding anything against anybody today? Are you, do you have any unforgiveness in your heart? That's a question we have to ask ourselves. Because just as much as verses 23, 22 through 24 are true, verse 25 is true too. And when you stand praying, forgive. If you and I really want to walk in this, we got to make a decision that we are not going to be people who are easily offended. We got to be people who demonstrate the love of Christ truly. Because if the devil can keep us in unforgiveness, he can limit us in so many ways. We we can't experience God the way we, he wants us to experience him. It's, I mean God wants to release these things, but a, a simple thing of unforgiveness can dilute all this power, what I'm talking about tonight. So I want you to stand to your feet tonight. Yeah. This is the whole reason for the message, I believe, tonight. If you got anything against anybody, and you know what it is if you got something, you need to let it go tonight. I don't care if it happened 10 minutes ago or it happened 10 years ago. 
It's not worth it. It's not worth it. It it can hinder you and me from walking in, in our destiny. It can hinder us from receiving our miracle. And it's not worth it. And the devil, all he does is is sit back and look at us and say they'll never get it because they won't forgive Job who who who, who, uh, came against them 15 years ago. It's still in their heart. So whatever it is, if you got something like that, let's pray right right now. And we're going to release it to God and trust him. Father God, we... Thank you for everything that Christ has given us. We've heard the great words of faith tonight and the things, God, that you want to do through your church. But, God, we've also learned here at the end that unforgiveness and offense can hinder us from walking in all those things that you have prepared for us. So, Holy Spirit, we come to you and we ask, even if we can't remember that thing that's in our heart, we pray that you'll reveal it to us now or in the coming days. And if we do remember those things right now, we forgive. Just like you forgave us, Lord. Totally and completely. God, we trust you with the pain. We'll, we will forgive, but there, there can sometimes still be pain involved in that. But we trust you with the pain, but it's, as an act of our will, we forgive those who have sinned against us or who have done something to us. Because, God, we want to walk in your fullness. And we believe right now, God, as we release those things, to you and let those people go and now we can be set free also as we let them go so that we can experience God your very best in our lives and our faith now is pure our faith now is powerful our faith now can speak to mountains our faith now can tap into all that God has for us and in Jesus name we forgive And, Father, we give you all the glory for it, all the praise for it, and, Father, all the honor for it. In Jesus' name, amen.